I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing. While we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Sierra. How you doing this week? Oh my goodness. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Been a while. Because life has been crazy. Crazy. It's been nutty. Yeah. And if you have a nut allergy, again, beware. Listener discretion advised. Mm-hmm. TW. Trigger, Trigger warning. warning. Yeah, life has been nutty. Our, our, our brains have been storming, and we needed to give ourselves a moment, mm-hmm. uh, which is important. Yep. So we're doing a little bonus episode this week. Mm. This is actually something that we recorded to be used as an intro for a guest. But we don't have a guest this week, so we made it a bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus. That's enjoyable on the whole larynx throat situation. That bonus. Bonus. So this is basically just. It was a Sierra Share show, right? It was a little Sierra Share show, which we needed. Yeah, and you'll hear what it is. I give a little intro to what I read. Um, but we thought it would be fun to to share with y'all. And um, we'll be back next week yeah. with a guest. But in the meantime, catch up on the old eps and have a little listen to this. Say it with me. Boop, boop, boop. Bonus. I didn't say it with you. You didn't. <laughs> so nervous. <laughs> we haven't recorded in yeah. a while. It's so it's nice okay. to be back, though. It is. So nice. I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't lie on mic. I would lie on oath, but I will not lie on mic. There you have it. All right, folks. Enjoy, I guess. I wanted to share an excerpt from a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And dude, it is phenomenal. It is so wonderful. She drops so many diamonds out of her mouth. So (laughs) many like beautiful, quotable things. So um, in this portion that I'm going to read, she has just been talking about a friend of hers who... You was this mother and um, had always loved painting, but then had kids and a family and it was sort of a hobby. And she was, she had been talking to Glennon about going to art school. And Glennon said she was so excited when she talked about it. She hadn't heard her light up like that in so long. Um, and then the next time they spoke, Glennon goes, how, how is art school going? And the woman sounds so deflated and she basically says, oh, you know, that was silly. You know, her husband was so busy and the kids needed her. And she says art school just seemed so selfish after a while. 
And then Glennon says this. Why do women find it honorable to dismiss ourselves? Why do we decide that denying our longing is the responsible thing to do? Why do we believe that what will thrill and fulfill us will hurt other people? Why do we mistrust ourselves so completely? Here's why. Our culture was built upon and benefits from the control of women. The way power justifies controlling a group is by conditioning the masses to believe that the group cannot be trusted. So the campaign to convince us to mistrust women begins early and comes from everywhere. When we are little girls, our families, teachers, and peers insist that our loud voices, bold opinions, and strong feelings are too much and unladylike, so we learn to not trust our personalities. Childhood stories promise us that girls who dare to leave the path or explore get attacked by big bad wolves and pricked by deadly spindles, so we learn to not trust our curiosity. The beauty industry convinces us that our thighs, frizz, skin, fingernails, lips, eyelashes, leg hair, and wrinkles are repulsive and must be covered and manipulated, so we learn to not trust the bodies we live in. Diet culture promises us that controlling our appetite is the key to our worthiness. So we learn to not trust our own hunger. Politicians insist that our judgment about our bodies and futures cannot be trusted, so our own reproductive systems must be controlled by lawmakers. We don't know, in places we've never been. The legal system proves to us again and again that even our own memories and experiences will not be trusted. If 20 women come forward and say, he did it, and he says, no, I didn't, they will believe him while discounting and maligning us every damn time. And religion, sweet Jesus. The lesson of Adam and Eve, the first formative story I was told about God and a woman, was this. When a woman wants more, she defies God, betrays her partner, curses her family, and destroys the world. We weren't born distrusting and fearing ourselves. That was part of our taming. We were taught to believe that who we are in our natural state is bad and dangerous. They convinced us to be afraid of ourselves, so we do not honor and own our bodies, curiosity, hunger, judgment, experience, or ambition. Instead, we lock away our true selves. Women who are best at this disappearing act earn the highest praise. She is so selfless. Can you imagine? The epitome of womanhood is to lose one's self completely. That is the end goal of every patriarchal culture because a very effective way to control women is to convince women to control themselves. I tried to control myself for so long. I spent 30 years covering and injecting my face with potions and poison trying to fix my skin. Then I quit and my skin was good. For 20 years, I was attached to a hair dryer and straightener, trying to tame my curls. Then I quit, and my hair was good. I binged and purged and dieted for decades trying to control my body. When I quit, 
my body became what it was always meant to become. And it was good too. I numbed myself with food and booze, trying to control my anger. When I quit, I learned that my anger never meant that there was something wrong with me. It meant that there was something wrong out there. Something I might have the power to change. I stopped being a quiet peacekeeper and started being a loud peacekeeper. My anger was good. I had been deceived. The only thing that was ever wrong with me was my belief that there was something wrong with me. I quit spending my life trying to control myself and began to trust myself. We only control what we don't trust. We can either control ourselves or love ourselves, but we can't do both. Love is the opposite of control. Love demands trust. I love myself now. Self-love means that I have a relationship with myself built on trust and loyalty. I trust myself to have my own back, so my allegiance is to the voice within. I'll abandon everyone else's expectations of me before I'll abandon myself. I'll disappoint everyone else before I'll disappoint myself. I'll forsake all others before I'll forsake myself. Me and myself, we are till death do us part. What the world needs is more women who have quit fearing themselves and started trusting themselves. What the world needs is masses of women who are entirely out of control. Thank you so much for sharing that. Chills the first half, tears the second mm-hmm. half, empowering the third half. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. I highly recommend this book. Remind me the name again. Um, the book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. What about this resonated with you right off the top? When I mean, obviously, there's this visceral response, this emotional response that's... Untamed. Sure. <laughs> Untamed emotion. Yeah, so what struck you right off the bat? Well, throughout the book, Glennon talks about this knowing, which I n- refer to as intuition. And she talks about how this knowing comes from within us not from outside sources. And I thought it was so true. I can think of examples where I finally led by my knowing instead of making choices based off of, oh, well, I don't want to disappoint this person, you know, out of guilt, I I guess I could say. For instance, when I worked at, I worked at this bar in the West Village. I won't name it even though I want to. And it was filled with misogyny and yuckiness. I was, I was assaulted and by customers and by a bartender. And um, when I, I finally decided to quit, that was the scariest thing because I didn't want to disappoint people, you know, whatever. And I wish I had listened to my knowing the day that I quit because when I told my boss I was leaving, he threw the iPad at me and cussed me out. <laughs> can, you, can you believe that? I can, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 40-year-old man doing that to a young, young 20-something-year-old. I don't remember how old I was. As if that's going to convince you to stay. You know, that's that cycle of abuse. Exactly. Yeah. And... I felt guilty and I 
did consider that because I didn't want to, I mean, who, who gives a fuck? Who is this guy to me? He's nothing. He didn't bring me anything. I could, I could have gotten better hours and more money at somewhere else that treated me better. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing that, but I wish I would have quit right then. But instead I finished out my shift and even came back for my shifts for two weeks. But I did listen to my intuition or my knowing on my last shift, halfway through, I was the hostess. And so I, um, there was a bar downstairs, which I was the hostess of, but there was a bar upstairs as well, filled with, you know, a lot of young, wealthy white men who were constantly trying to get downstairs, but, you know, reservation only. It was a different vibe. Well, so I, I was supposed to have a security guard with me to keep them at bay while I did my job. And the security guard had wandered off to the kitchen trying to get free food, which, I mean, I can't blame him, but, <laughs> you know, wasn't there doing his job. And I was trying to take care of my job, get people down for the reservations, while also trying to keep these guys back who were trying to pass this rope. And this young, white, fratty jackass was pissed because I wouldn't let him pass. He crawled under, put his hands on my shoulders, and pushed me out of the front door to get past me. Yeah. My hands are like shaking thinking of mm. it. And at that moment, I my knowing kicked in, and I took out my earpiece and found the nearest manager, handed him my stuff, and I said, I'm done. And he goes, whoa, 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 what's wrong? I said, what do you mean what's wrong? I was just physically assaulted by a customer. Security was nowhere to be found. Managers were nowhere to be found. I'm done. I'm done. This is my last night anyway. Good luck. Good riddance. Do you feel like that one moment started a bit of a chain reaction in terms of empowering yourself to say I'm done to things yes. quicker? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I came home and I sobbed to Tim. He had champagne ready for me with a card that said, yay, you quit your job, you know, because he knew how hard that was for me. But I wish it wouldn't have been so hard for me to see how shitty of a situation it was. I wish I would have seen sooner that I was worthy of so much more but yes it did it did start a chain reaction if you will and it's something that I've that's only been growing in me ever since it doesn't make it any less hard it doesn't make it any less hard for me to question my intuition due to a guilt from outside from years of practice of think of responding that way and going this is it's gaslighting. I yeah. mean, it's it's the ultimate gaslighting. Yeah. And that, like it, she says in the book, that lack of trust in self, how can you possibly trust your last 20, at that point, what, 23, 24 years of yeah. experience being told, no, oh, I'm just indebted to, <laughs> I'm obligated, I, I must, but working from a place of obligation or fear never gets you where you feel most safe. Mm-hmm. And in addition, it's one of those things that you can't unsee or unfeel. Once you go, oh, that's how it feels to put up a boundary. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think I want to go back to before. 
and I, I've, it's been so incredible. I think you and I support each other in this. So incredible to see you specifically in workplace situations, mm-hmm. starting to take ownership of yourself and your time and how, where, with who and how you want to spend your time when you're trying to just make some money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the other, thank you. Mm-hmm. This other thing is it's like, hey, dude, I'm a performer and this is a bar. This is not my career. Right. And if it is, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. let's not ignore the toxicity of the bar industry. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. What do you feel about what you took away from it and what, how you feel you will be applying it moving forward in your, in your life? I think it's just another great reminder when I'm feeling that feeling of guilt from the outside, whether it be from Social media is a massive one that comparing yourselves to other people, which is silly because we're all in our own lanes. We're all doing our own things. We can cheer each other on and be happy for whatever we're doing. But Mm. I think it's another reminder to whenever I feel that guilt, take a breath, take a moment and tap into my knowing, tap into myself and because that truth is, this is so cheesy, but the answers and the truth are not going to come from anywhere else but yourself. It's like she said, you know, mm-hmm. my allegiance is to the voice within. I don't owe anyone anything, to really. Do us I part. mean, I owe my credit card company, but <laughs> that's another story. You know, um, and it, it's just another great reminder to... to ch- to constantly tap in to that intuition. As Lizzo said, I am my own soulmate. Mm. Queen. Uh, queen. This made me think of a quote from, you know, the comedian Joel Kim Booster? Yeah. An Asian gentleman. Yes. And um, he was on Search Party in mm-hmm. that one season. Yeah. Um, but he has a, he had a quote that I, I don't remember where I heard it. But he says, I have to stop outsourcing my self-esteem to social media. Ooh, ooh, and that's a whole other topic. Is the social media? Um, but well, like you said, in. that outside trying to find validation from from the outside. And like you said, it's till death do us part. It's right here. It'll always be right there. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening. Of course. A big old thank you to our technical producer Tim Fuchs for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Tanuzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall Brown for our rock and cover art, and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha ha's and a lot less wah wahs. And follow us on Instagram at Brainstorming the Podcast. Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.